Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Indeed, it is time for Critical Thinking. Put those critical thinking caps on. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. And you're going to want to put those critical thinking caps on today because it is a deep dive Thursday on the program. Do not forget, you can follow at the Coppin Show at the Pat Oni Show on social media. You can download, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And I would highly suggest this today uh, because we're going to have some visual aids on the program. Um, You are going to want to watch this on the Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Again, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And uh, make sure you're subscribed there so you don't miss a single episode of the show. Now, um, Pat, before we get into the 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 deep dive that we're going to do, I think we have to make an announcement um, because um, we don't often have guests on this program because we're ideas and thinking based. Um, interviews for us are a little bit hit or miss. Um, But there comes a time and a place when critical thinkers and people who have put ideas and plans and, you know, didn't just bitch and piss and moan, come to the table. And we've had two people. We had Florida Senator Rick Scott come up with a plan that we pretty much hate (laughs) at its core um i think after going through it and we critically thought through that plan but at Um, least he came up with the plan right and that is my thing right the gop hasn't come up with a plan other than um dementia joe bad right right and uh it's the economy stupid but you're not telling us how you would fix anything um, at least in terms of how the government could respond and help. Um, there are mechanisms they can use to help in these economic times. They're incorrectly using them today. In fact, um, Joe Biden just upped your Social Security payments, if you are receiving Social Security, out of thin air yesterday. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, he, no, signed, a, he signed a bill that allowed them to... Um, to increase the social security payments to um, retired individuals. Don't know where that money's coming from, considering, I don't know, we don't even have money in our social security account as a country, but hey, that's neither here nor there to modern monetary theorists. Now, we, we won't have social security by the time we're ready to retire. Yeah, I, right. I, I don't care. Um, that, that's been 20 years for me. I, everybody knows that. Um, So I'm not talking about that, and we're not going to talk about that. What I am going to talk about is somebody who has come up with a newer 
plan. And that was Congressman Chip Roy, a Republican out of Texas. And he we kind of went over it a few weeks ago on the program. And we, did. we had some things that we liked about it, some things that we thought, mm, okay, but is this realistic in terms of like your own party caring about it? We had we had some things to say. But um tomorrow on this very program in the first half of the show, Congressman Chip Roy, the author of a plan, an actual thing that people can see and either get behind or not get behind, will be joining us on the program. That's right, Congressman Chip Roy, Republican of Texas, joining us here on Critical Thinking tomorrow to talk about his plan, to talk about the 2022 election, and uh, we're excited to have him here, especially because we were somewhat critical of his plan. So I, I commend somebody to come on, defend it, and have a conversation. A critical thinker. Um, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I, we love having people who might not think or agree with us on the program. We really do. Well, and not, not only that, I mean... I called how this started just to give some people some context. I called him out on Twitter. And the mm -hmm. next thing I know, he's retweeting me, um, which doesn't happen very often. I mean, I, I know tweeting you. Yeah, he was quote re retweeting like it doesn't happen very often that mm -hmm. that, you know, someone uh, in in Congress does that. Yep. Um, you know, because I, I know we're small time. I'm, I'm well aware. Of, of but, but we've had some big guests on here before but um i then offered i'm like okay he's gonna he's gonna come back at me i'm like why don't you come on the show yep come absolutely. on the show let's have a real conversation about it then to his credit here we are so, right so we're excited we tomorrow you're gonna want to tune in you do not want to miss it congressman chip roy Republican of Texas joins us on the program to talk about his plan, the future of the GOP, the 2022 election, all of that wonderful goodness. We got to jam it all into about 20 minutes uh, with him tomorrow. So um, you're going to want to tune in. Now, today on the program, it is a deep dive Thursday. And uh, speaking of thought leaders, right, this is what we do on a Thursday. We take a topic and we deep dive on it. And that's what we're going to do today. Um. A few years back, one of the people that's been on the show, right, Steve Dace, who's been on our show at least once, if not twice, um, he is one of the thought leaders in conservatism. He really is. He's not just some shock jock, um, you know, comedian host out there. Um, he's not the Sean Hannity, you know, you know, blowing smoke up your rear end for 20 years. Um, this is the real deal, dude. And he wrote a book called Rules for Patriots about, what, eight years ago or so? Somewhere it's, around there? It's close to a, It's close to a decade now, right? Right, close to a decade ago. And basically it was a, a guidebook, right? Uh, ten commandments or ten steps, ten rules um, that people should follow in order for conservatism to win. Um, and that was almost a decade ago, and times have changed over the last decade. And on Twitter he put out kind of new Ten Commandments, if you will. And we're going to go into that. Um, so Steve starts with this, Pat. And again, you're going to want to watch on Rumble, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, um, because we have the visual aids there. Uh, but Day started with, it is clear that we have reached or sunk to a new level of cultural war since I wrote it, meaning Rules for Patriots. We are officially now in a cold civil war between the left America and what's left of America, between the spirit of the age and Western civilization, a.k.a. Christendom. So, Pat, as we uh, take a look at that, we're going to do this truth or fiction style. Truth or fiction? Uh, truth. I, I've been saying that one for a while, uh, yeah. that, that we are in a cold civil war between two very different cultures in America. You have the progressive left, and then in this case, I agree with him. It's whatever's left of America that is up against that. It's up against the spirit of the age. It's absolute truth. We're seeing it every day. Yeah, and I think a great example of this is Tulsi Gabbard and the response of Republicans to Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democratic Party, right? Suddenly she's the hero of the Republican Party, except for she never 
really gave up the positions and the policies that she ascribed to, which are far left leaning in a lot of cases. She believes right. in government run society. She just doesn't believe in the woke culture that has come with that today. Um, so again, whatever's left of America, right? She believes in the Constitution. She is that classical liberal that believes in the Constitution, but believes that government has a much bigger role than the private sector in helping society, if you will, right? That is somebody that we can have an honest conversation with at least, right? Right. So right. that's what we're talking about when it's what's left of America. That is a fine example of that. But Steve continued in setting this up. Now that we have evolved from the political to the existential, again, it is basically that cult of COVID type of an individual versus Christendom, okay? We need to evolve our tactics from the political to the existential as well. We will not be able to merely vote our way out of this. To that end, here's how I've updated evolved my tactics given the signs of the time. Okay, do you, truth or fiction, we, that we need to evolve our tactics from the political to the existential, Pat, what say you? Truth or fiction? Uh, again, I'm going to say truth just just because um, I, I was actually listening to his show the other day, and someone um, did like on his Ask Me Anything said, when, when are you going to talk start talking about like the important issues and stop talking about the culture? The culture is the most important issue right now. Um, and, and that's why I yeah. think, you know, when, when you're in this kind of cultural war and you have all these things that are, that are trying to be changed right in front of our faces, mm -hmm. you must adapt. You must adapt your tactics given the position that you are in. And I think that's exactly what Steve is trying to say. Given, given the cultural war that we are in, we must adapt and we must update those tactics. Absolutely. Right. It's no longer how can we gain political power to right. craft um legislation we right. can't legislate our way out of this either no and no. Uh, so i i believe this to be totally true as well but commandment number one we cannot restore a republic based on god-given rights without god in other words revival or bust nothing singularly secular has any chance against what we're up against truth or fiction on this one pat have we not been saying this from from like the last two years again what is the uh, number one uh the the very first step on the path of reviving liberty exactly that that's exactly where my mind went i'm like that is rooting yourself in is, god right right that is the number one rule that is probably the most important rule of all of them or, or rather in steve's case commandments for for what this is that is probably the most important one yeah because again to his point and i think this is the most succinct way of putting it these rights, everybody, whether you align with those rights or don't, every single one has to subscribe. Where do those rights come from? They either come from God or nature's law. And where does nature's law come from? At the end of the day, it comes from God. Right. And you can't fight the, the spirit of the age, the, the demonic power that is taking over the culture. If you're unwilling to realize that this is spiritual in nature. So I believe this one to be true as well. Commandment number two. Let's go truth or fiction here, Pat. Human nature is not basically good. And to pretend otherwise will make us simps for the spirit of the age who eventually succumb to it or incapable of doing what must be done to defeat it. What say you truth or fiction? You know, if you had asked me this question a few years ago, I, I might have said fiction. Okay. Now I'm I mean given given what we are seeing today I'm more inclined to say that that's true. And the reason why I say that is because how many of us would uh ever think about condoning mutilating our kids? Mhm. Mm right. I I would say you know, take a look at what has happened over the last 2 years. Right. Of utter insanity, the would the American people have ever, in my wildest dream, dreams, would have ever accepted shutting a business down or right. um, closing a business um, or just deciding to stop society for anything? Um, right. Yeah, it, it, but clearly over the last two years, something has changed. 
So I agree wholeheartedly with that one. All right, so let's move on to commandment number three here. We are not up against a mere political movement or philosophy, but a rival religious cult, aka the spirit of the age. And we've talked at large um, about the spirit of the age. Therefore, spiritual opposition requires spiritual weaponry. So let the lion out of its cage. Truth or fiction? Again, I think I'm inclined to say truth simply because you you fight to win. You don't just fight for the sake of fighting. You fight to win. One, one, of, one way or another, either we are going to win or the other ideology is going to win at the end of the day. And if we really want to win, mm-hmm. spiritually speaking, you let that lion out of its cage and you let it fight. And... I, I think people don't understand that the Bible is the ultimate weapon because what we're talking about is the Bible is the truth, the way, the light, right? Right. And you can't sit idly by in the pew any longer. You don't just get to go to church on Sunday and you're done. Because what we have seen from the spirit of the age over the last 40, 50, I would argue almost 60 years now, Uh, since the 60s especially, from the Spirit of the Age crowd, is a all-out attack on anybody who has a traditional Christian or conservative world viewpoint. We've gone from being able to, you know, potentially pray in school to um, worship at the altar of everything... LGBTQ, elemental P, tilde, and percent sign, percent sign, at sign crowd, right? We, we've gone from one extreme to the exact opposite extreme. So I don't know how you don't realize that the thing that you, can help you fight this culture war is the very thing you are supposed to use. The Bible is a weapon. But it is a weapon for good. So we can't pervert the Bible into a weapon for evil. But you have to root yourself there in order to use it. That's the letting the lion out of the cage. Well, you have to be okay other, being public, right? The, the other thing to your two is, I mean, this requires action. Not, not just from you and me this requires action from everybody right mm-hmm. um and because faith is very much an action there are you there could be no fence sitters in this cultural war there can be none if you are a fence sitter and you, you're one of those people that just wants to be left alone per the history books that does not work out well for you it mm-hmm. does not either you become active and you you start getting involved in your community and you start impacting this kind of real change to prevent this evil from happening right in front of you, mm-hmm. or it will be done to you. No, 100%. Those are your two choices. hundred percent. Look at history folks. Just look at history. All right. So let's go ahead and move on here because it's now commandment. Number four, the constitution is not a suicide pact, but a social compact. And if one side of the union has dissolved the self-evident truths within it, that are supposed to bind us. I am under no obligation to restrain myself by its perceived technicalities in stopping them. Truth or fiction? I guess I, I what I what I don't understand with this one is what does he mean by perceived technicalities? Um, so okay, so here's where he is going with this, Pat. Okay, so hmm. if they if they don't believe in the constitution, right? And we famously played the uh, video of the pro-abortion activist telling the camera, I don't, I don't believe in the constitution, right? Right. Wanting to make Roe versus Wade, the law of the land, right? So if they're unwilling to, to abide by the social compact, I am under no obligation to tie my hands behind my own back in fighting their evil. So 
So for instance, right? If the if the if they don't believe that like anything inside the constitution, right? So here's a great example, right? The FBI, right? Mm-hmm. Taken over by the spirit of the age. How often are they violating our fourth or fifth amendment rights? Quite often. All the time. All the time. And they're doing it in ways in which they are end rounding the constitution. A great example of this is what? They are they are being restrained, right? They are having their restraints tied to them by the constitution when it comes to search and seizure of property, right? Right. How are they getting around it? Because it's inconvenient for them. They're using private companies. They're paying private companies money to do their bidding for them. They're unwilling to play by the rules. So do we have to play by the same set? Do we play by the set of rules that exist for us or the set of rules that exist on the playing field? Right. If the other team... So here's a great example, I guess. Let's say... Uh, you're on the football field, right? And the other team decides that um, they're just going to forward pass the ball down the field all the time. Um, and by the way, they're going to take a running start at the line of scrimmage. All 11 players, right? Yeah. And, and, and you're playing by the actual set of rules that exist in the game of football, right? Uh. What do you do? You, do you just sit there and let them do that to you? So sometimes you you shouldn't can you uphold values and principles of the constitution? Do you have constitutional values? Yes. Does that mean that you have to basically punch yourself in the face? No. Right. But that doesn't mean that you violate your values and your principles to do right. What I think he is saying here is you the social compact doesn't exist anymore. So the rules of the game have changed. You have to change your internal rules, not your principles, but the way that you use the second amendment or the first amendment, the way that you enforce the fourth or the fifth amendment. And yesterday we talked about an example of this. Congress hasn't done nothing with the information that Pfizer put out there. Nothing. I, Right? So, null and void that contract. The contract is now null and void. Okay? Can Can we fight to retain that constitution? Yes. But do we have to use that thing that they're punching us in the face with? No. Right? You don't self mutilate in in hopes of the the abuser not abusing you anymore. You have to punch him back. You have to stand up. I, I, I guess this is where I come down on it. And I and if what you're saying is true, and this is how how he means it, then I would absolutely say this is truth. But if if he's if he's suggesting in all of that we abandon the constitution ourselves because the contract is broken, then then I then I would say fiction because we can't abandon what we believe in. We can't abandon what our values are because the other side isn't playing fair. The moment we do that. We forget who we are, and we have right. sunk to their level. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't punch yourself in the face because because you believe in one set of rules, and the other side doesn't, right? Uh, for instance, okay, a bully's on the playground, right? How do you stop a bully? You don't stop a bully by begging him to stop hitting you in the face, right? No, you stop him by punching him in the face. Yeah. Or kicking you in the balls. Right. Right. It was very, very simple. I was a very small child, okay? I was 125 pounds soaking wet when I graduated high school, okay, Pat? Right? <laughs> but you know who didn't mess with me? Um, People bigger than you? Yeah. You know why? Because my freshman year of high school, somebody tried... To, we had these big, um, like, actual, like, water things, um, kind of like basins, uh-huh. right? And they famously would try to shove uh, freshman athletes in them and they and then turn the water on and you'd be just soaked all day long. Right. They famously would try to do that. What did I do when they tried to do that? I kicked the dude straight in the nuts. And um, 
nobody messed with me ever again. It was just that simple. Because who likes to get shot in the nuts? Right? Who likes right? that? Right? Nobody. Right? right? What am I going to do? Punch him in the face? He's he, the, the dude was like 185 pounds. Right? What am I going to do? Punch him in the face? What, what the hell is that going to do? So that doesn't... That doesn't mean I advocate for violence, except for when you're aggressing against me, right? So if right. you're so if you're spiritually or culturally aggressing against me, I have the obligation to respond in kind, right? I'm not saying I for an eye. I am I because the eye for the eye would be for me to aggress against you on the flip side of that. What I'm if saying is you you Find a way to fight for your values, for your principles, for the Constitution. Come what may. In other words, you have the right to defend yourself. Yes. And you can do that by almost any means necessary within some sort of value-based means. Right? I'm not going to sit there and let a bully punch me in the face. That's insane, right? That's insane. I No. No. No, 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 no. And more no. All right, so commandment number five, and then we're going to get into the B or not the B, Pat. I will do everything short of disobeying the word of God to oppose this evil. Short of risking offending Almighty God, I care nothing for the misguided nostalgia, unwritten rules, and how offended my opposition feigns to be at my ruthless pursuit of their defeat. Truth or fiction? Well, I feel like this kind of goes back to commandment number one a little bit. Um, we were you and, and we've talked about rooting yourself in God and all this. But if you're going to root yourself in God, one of the things that that must happen is that you must follow God above the laws of man, right? Mm-hmm. If the laws of man contradict the laws of God, then the laws of man are not correct. Correct. So it, that's exactly what he is saying here. Is that I am going to obey God first. Um. But that, that that's not how I interpreted this, but continue on. But what I'm saying is is if if we don't if we don't follow God in in this given cultural war, we lose. So how I took this and and, and how I believe this to be truth is I have talked about this from a perspective of what is the theme of this show this year? Right. Get used to different. different. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this is the prime example of that. I can be ruthlessly aggressive against the spirit of the age, right? I can be that. But what I cannot do, and this is to our point in the last discussion, I cannot violate God and God's law in that ruthless aggression towards the spirit of the age. Also correct. Because I lose myself in Mm. that. But short of that, Everything is on the table because everything is on the table, right? Right. And and the days of, because we've been so beat down in terms of being open and public about our values and and belief in Christ, right? A, A great example of this would be in the workplace, right? Would you dare to tell your company, would you dare demand of your company you must give me a Bible study every day, paid. No, you no, wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's sad. Why can't, if people are allowed to have their LGBT group and that group gets to meet on company time, how do you not, al- not allowed to have your value system, right? Because that's a value system, by the way. It has become mm. a cult. It has become not a sexual identity. It has become a political ide- ideology. And, and how many times have I actually said this off air, like where, where they should be doing these things? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm using this as an example of how do you get used to different? You, you have to be different. You have to be comfortable being different than the society that exists. But you also have to be comfortable being confrontational. Okay. The Bible's confrontational. I don't know if you've noticed this, Pat. Jesus Christ was very confrontational in the Bible. Very much so. So much so that they literally 
decided to hang him over a prisoner, right? Yep. Over a criminal. Yep. They hated him for being different, for being the Messiah or claiming messianic tendencies within the Judaic law. Except for he was. He was the Messiah. He was the calling of the prophets, right? He was the fulfillment of everything that God said would happen. Get used to different, and most importantly here, you have to be ruthless because they are ruthless towards you. Look at Disney. Look at what they've been doing to us over the last two to three years. They are wiping you out of polite society. Get used to fighting. We're used to just cowering in fear and praying to God that he'll just heal us. Guess what is also in the Bible? God helps those that help themselves. Now, with that having been said, let's go ahead and have a little bit of fun here. Um, let's go ahead and play the B or not the B. All right, Pat. Are you ready for today's headline? Uh, I am more ready um, than John Fetterman to be running for uh, Senate. Interesting. Does, is he like the right-hand man of Joe Biden? Uh, he's kind of like Dementia Joe Light. Except for because of a physical issue. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, the headline for today. Janet Yellen says that the American economy is doing very well. Janet Yellen says the American economy is doing very well. Now, while you are thinking of that, folks, if you are considering looking to move to Chicago or move the heck out of Chicago, uh, one way or the other, um, I, I'm your man. Check it out. Uh, you can go to Living in Chicago, um, the YouTube channel. Um, you can check it out. Um, we've got uh, views on different neighborhoods and all sorts of wonderful goodness. But you can check me out. Andrew Coppins, licensed realtor here in the state of Illinois with Exit Strategy Realty. I would love to help you find that home or sell the home, get you relocated. And most importantly, if you are relocating, get you with a person that I personally know like and trust because that is the ultimate thing i'm telling you right now pat and i'm sure that you've experienced this a good a great not a good but a great realtor is worth its weight in gold when it comes to getting yourself a deal on a home as a buyer or maximizing your ability to maximize the market that exists as a home seller I cannot emphasize this enough. The great realtor is one that you know, like, and trust. So get to know me over at Living in Chicago on YouTube if you want to know more about that. If you know, want to know more about me, obviously, you could do that on this show. Uh, I'm pretty open as to who I am, what I believe, and come what may. Um, but yeah, check it out. You can DM me um, at Close with Coppins on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you can find Living in Chicago on YouTube. Uh, you can find all the ways to contact me there. Um, let's set up a time to talk. And with that, Pat, again, do you need the headline? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to go with not to be on this one because I'm pretty sure she said this. Well, she's been saying this for a while, but didn't she say this yesterday? You are correct. She did say Ooh. this yesterday. That's right. The The United States uh, Treasury sh Secretary. Um, just, just wow. All right, Pat. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually just going to let her speak for herself and then you comment. Um, we still see the impact of uh, COVID in China and the slowdown in Chinese growth. And um, with high inflation and tightening monetary policy in many advanced countries, um, emerging markets from really all of these factors are suffering um, many stresses. So there's a lot to talk about. But from the perspective of the United States, I think the United States is doing very well. <laughs> uh, 
go ahead and comment. I've got a couple of things real quick on this one. <laughs> well, you know how when we talk about Joe Biden foreign policy, whatever he says, do the opposite. Mm-hmm. I would I would highly suggest that if Janet Yellen is ever saying that our economy is doing well, we're probably not. Okay, so I've got two things, Pat, real quick. Uh, worst Treasury Secretary of all time, Janet Yellen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't uh, even think of anyone worse. I mean, I I shouldn't say that. I might might look at the Treasury Secretary that took us off the gold standard, or I might look at something in the 1800s, right? But uh, holy, it, holy bleep. Yeah. And then it, secondly, Pat. Did or did not Janet Yellen just make the conservatives' entire case for economics? Chinese supply issues, Chinese this, wait a minute. You mean relying on like one source of supply of goods and services um, Mm -hmm. is, is a bad decision? Look, I am all for businesses finding a way to get us products at value, right? Right. However, companies have by and large just chunked their production into one region of the world. And when that region goes to hell in a handbasket, what happens naturally to the rest of it? Uh, Look at Western Europe with its energy supply right now, right? Right. Right. Yep. Now, um, I don't know if you listen to the Jason Stapleton program at all, Pat. I do not. You should, um, because it's really interesting how he thinks. He's a serial entrepreneur, um, and he's more libertarian-based as well. But he had somebody on the program earlier this week from the Czech Republic, and they had talked about how they, as a country, could have been prepared for what's coming in, in the wintertime. Except for when the times were good, what did they do? They sold off their strategic reserves as a country. They had these two massive oil tanks that that had about two to three months, if they were full, right, of supply that could be used. Except for they sold them off as a government to private companies, one of which is Siemens which has a large presence in Germany. And what are they going to do with that? They're going to do what every private company would do. Take their reserves that they own, they own that, and use it as fuel for their factories so that they can stay economically viable. The lesson in this is what? Reliance on somebody else all the time is bad. Diversification of production of methods, of locales, of all sorts of things is a wise decision. And we have talked about this from an energy perspective, right? I'm not against solar power or wind power per se. I'm not against um, fracking. I am not against nuclear power. I am not against good old clean coal or natural gas or you know fossil fuels. I'm not against electric vehicles. I'm not against advancing our society away from harmful chemicals and harmful things. But I also acknowledge it is not one or the other. We have to have an all of the above energy policy. But we are being given a either you love fossil fuels or you love something else. We're giving a false dichotomy as a country and as a world right now. If we can diversify, right, we would have less reliance on foreign entities to provide us with all of these things. And what else would we have, Pat? We would have less of a chance of the issues around energy impacting us here in America. And we would be independent. Janet Yellen, literally, well, we've had supply issues because of the COVID thing in in China and this or that, right? She's not wrong. She is right when it comes to that. But let me ask you this, Pat. She's right. Well, what's the answer? The answer is to diversify these where these companies 
um, put their production and supply in the supply chain that gets it from there to here. Diversify that. Put some of it back here in America. Maybe goods and services cost a little bit more by doing so, but put some of it. Don't put all of your eggs in that basket. Yet we, we have incentivized businesses to do that by tax policy, by regulation, by licensure, by all sorts of things. You've literally made the libertarian economic policy argument for us. Not only that, I mean, if you are going to be working abroad as well, why not try to find countries that, you know, don't insult you and work with those that don't insult you? If you have to do that and diversify, right? Mm-hmm. Why not do that, do it that way? But no. A no, great example can't, can't, of this is um, the story of the, the Los Angeles expats in Mexico City. Right? Mexico City is yeah. a massive city. It's got all the amenities of L.A. And, and other big cities, right? It's got it also has crime. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. In fact, it might be worse than L.A. in terms of crime, but that's neither here nor there. The point of it is that they're taking their job, their wages in America, right? Mm. And they're doing what? Using their buying power to purchase cheaper property in a city that has all the things that they love about L.A. without all the costs associated with it. That's a personal version of what we're talking about, taking and diversifying and doing something different and and not having to get into the rat race all the time. Yeah. Uh, how do you cool down the insane, you have to have a million and a half dollars? Nobody could buy a starter home today uh, by themselves, I'm convinced, in Los Angeles without some help. Nobody could. I mean, we're talking about a starter home being eight, nine hundred thousand dollars in LA. How, right. how? How do you... How, how? That's impossible. You couldn't save even 5% of that by yourself. It would take decades to do so. In fact, um, one of the things, real quick, before we get back into um, the commandments from Steve Dace, one of the things that I have been advocating for is a brand new, kind of a brand new uh, philosophy, if you will, on first-time home buying. Great. So the first-time home buyers, right? So when you first bought your home, um, probably three and a half or five percent down, right, Pat? Gonna guess you didn't uh, put twenty percent down. Most people don't because they can't. Right. I mean, think about it. Right, twenty percent down on a three hundred fifty thousand dollar home. Most people don't have that kind of money saved up, and they can't. And they can't. No, but but once we sold our town home, I mean, we definitely put more into it. Oh, a hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm not talking about that. Okay, but. Most first-time home buyers today are being priced out of homes that they that they can grow into, right? They're they're forced right. to buy low and then there's no way to grow, right? So they they they're boxed themselves into the three hundred to four hundred thousand dollar range of a home, right? In it by and large. The average home in America is about three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars right now. Okay. They have boxed themselves into forever living in that home. Or forever living in that bracket. They'll never be able to expand beyond it because the next bracket of homes, that that four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath home, is likely $650,000 at a median price in America today. Who has that kind of money? You, you can't step yourself up if you don't diversify and physically invest in something different, right? You can't just do that by having a nine-to-five job. It is an absolute impossibility. Now, what I have advocated for is, okay, if you're planning in the next five years to grow your family, right? Like, let's say you you just got married and in the next five years, your goal is to have two kids, a dog, um, and you want to have a yard in the space. Why are you buying a $300,000 home that will not in that five years give you enough equity to step yourself back up into the next range? What I am advocating for and what a lot of people have been starting to advocate for is you look to your parents and the wealth that they have built and to start using that wealth to help the next generation continue to build that wealth. And how do you do that? A $650,000 home has all that wealth built into it. So what a lot of people have been doing is from California, where that home has a million and a half dollars worth of appraised equity, right? right. They've got no banknote on it. What have they done? They've taken that equity and given it to their sons and daughters to buy them that home. 
turning around, creating a legal document that ties them, but at a small percentage, right? So you're gonna, I'm going to charge you interest, right? But I'm going to charge you 1% interest, right? Or, right. Uh, or I'm not going to charge you any interest at all, but I'm going to require you pay this back in X amount of years, right? But right. the home is free and clear. Both, both homes, free and clear. What you're doing then is taking the equity and paying it back into your parents' home. Now, if your parents don't have a ton of time left, you have the ability when they pass away to sell that home, pay off that equity line of credit that they might have, and voila, you have now got two, two places of, of equity that you can use as a generational help. The, that's We have to start thinking differently about these things. That's how you get out of the, I'm stuck in the two-bed, two-bath marketplace because I can't get out of it because I'm priced out of it. You're not necessarily priced out of it. It's how we look at how we invest that needs to change. But with that notwithstanding, Pat, let's go ahead and get back into um, the the program here. Um, so we've got uh, commandments six through ten. Are you ready? Rapid fire. Yep, let's go. All right. Commandment six. We cannot outlie liars, out cult cultists, or out tribal tribalists. The truth is our most potent ally, even if at times it offends our own biases and preferences. Without transcendent adherence to truth, we are resurrecting the spirit of the Bastille, not 1776. 100% agree. I, and and I, I literally, when people talk about the the French Revolution versus the American Revolution. It's I always say it's as simple as this: one was rooted in God, and one was rooted in me. Which one right. was proper, and which one which one was sustainable, and which one didn't? That's actually a really great way to sum up the French Revolution, too. Yeah. If if you stop and think about it, um, mm -hmm. but but you you don't want here's the thing that you don't want in America: you don't want another Bastille Day. No, you we don't. don't. You you do want another revival of 1776, but it's it's not it's not the, the two are not even close to being the same thing, right? Um, you don't want basically if you're advocating for something like a Bastille, you're advocating for something like chaos, complete and total chaos, and and well, it's, Pat, it's, you've been advocating for Nuremberg. There, there is a difference between holding people accountable and complete and utter chaos. And by the way, Nuremberg requires a trial. It requires truth. Right. Right. We're so, not going Salem witch trial, Bastille Day beheadings uh, right. for what perceived political crimes here. Right. So in other words, you are, you are still innocent until proven guilty. But you have been accused and we must we must have a trial of evidence to be able to either convict or release. A hundred percent. I agree. This is a hundred percent true. All right. So we are on to commandment number seven. <clears throat> I will not voluntarily self-censor or shudder. Uh, WMDs like the scriptures or actual American history at the bequest of my adversaries, nor will I permit those who hold no standard at all to tell me what standards I will hold my proxies to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Who are you to tell me what my standards are? And who are you? You don't have any standards. And, and right. this is part of what I have talked about in terms of reviving liberty. It, it, it number one is rooting yourself in God, and number two is define your principles. Right, and the reason you have to do that is because your enemy has none. Okay, your enemy doesn't ascribe to principles or values that are rooted in anything. They're rooted in the culture of me, the church of me. We have talked about this ad nauseum on the show. It's me, 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 me. The the principles that we talk about. Right. Um, it's just it's rooted in something other than ourselves. So I, I think this is 100 percent true. You, you don't get to to no, 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 no. 
You don't get to talk to me about standards as you thrust your crotch into the face of an eight-year-old and then um, and then show them how to do that to other people. No, 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 I no. All right, so let's go ahead and move on here to commandment number eight on the list. I will not pressure someone who shares my values to violate their conscience or condemn them if they don't to the end result that I desire. For that is the rotten fruit of the enemy who demands slavish devotion to his agenda and therefore no rights of conscience. Well, this kind of ties into the last one, right? Like, who are you to tell me what my standards are? Well, in the same breath, I cannot tell you what yours are. I have no right to do that. I have no right to make you believe what I believe in or subscribe to that belief. Um, so I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack on this. That, okay. I don't think that's what he's saying here. Okay. So what he is saying here is if, if we are on the same team, bro, right? This is more coalition than fellowship, right? Yeah. And so if, if, if you're helping me and in, in advancing whatever that goal is, okay, I cannot ask you to not violate my conscience and then do the same to you. Right. But it's not about standards, Pat. It's about your your physical conscience, right? So I can't say I'm gonna I'm gonna push you into violence and you don't believe in violence, right? Okay, that's a great example of that. That's a violation of conscience, but we still hold the same values. So what what I believe to be true here, and this goes back to reviving liberty, form fellowships, not coalitions. We have to become fellows. We cannot become just a coalition. A great example of this is Tulsi Gabbard for me, right? This is, that's a coalition. Um, Dave Rubin, coalition, not fellowship. It's not a real fellowship because he doesn't actually believe in the things that we believe in. I mean, a, a great example of this is he believes in the uh, ability of that of him and his uh, gay husband to be a, a, an actual family, right? To to be able to, I I have to celebrate him having uh, adopted a baby. No, I don't. No, you don't. No, 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 I don't. And Allie Beth Stuckey called his ass out on it. And it was fantastic, right? They had a really great conversation about it. They agreed to disagree on this subject, and then still have that fellowship. I cannot force you to violate your conscience the same way you can't, you know, and Dave wasn't asking of uh, for acceptance on that. <clears throat> he understood where people were. Well, let's go ahead and move on here to number nine. I will be willing to align myself strategically with those who may not con comprehensively share my values, at least not yet, but share my concerns in the pursuit of the truth. However, I will also not compromise my values for those allies either. I think this is an easy one, Pat. This is exactly what we talked about right here. Form fellowships, not coalitions. Right. right. And coalitions are useful. They are. But you use that coalition. You don't become the coalition. Correct. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the very final commandment here from Steve Dace. Commandment number 10. This is a worldview, a worldview steel cage match. Two worldviews have entered and only one will leave. Therefore, play or fight to win, confront peacefully but aggressively, settle for nothing but surrender. Do not accommodate evil, for it will not accommodate you. Uh, I actually said something very similar to this earlier in the show. So, absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely true. <laughs> I and unfortunately, I, I didn't have time I, I really to, to pull this. Um, I didn't have time to pull this. And, and, and I'm going to flash forward to tomorrow. This is going to be my best story of the week. Um, but the Matt Walsh video, um, when these people came after him for going after Vanderbilt, uh, transgendered nonsense, right? Uh -huh. Look at the result he got by aggressively confronting it, right? Look at that result. They're now stopping all of it, all of it. And they're begging for the mercy of the, the state legislatures, right? They, they, they didn't pass the law yet, right? The law hasn't been passed. They voluntarily stopped it. Why? Because they they were confronted with the evil that they were doing. 
And Matt Walsh was unapologetic. Literally, I apologize for nothing. You can go to hell. His unapology apology was one of the greatest things I have ever seen. Somebody who had the courage to say, screw you, your values are bullshit, and I'm not, no, 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 I am not playing by your rules. I refuse to be ashamed or shamed into doing anything by you guys. And I am going to confront pure evil where it exists, when it exists, and how it exists. And I'm going to be unapologetic about it. So I'm going to, we're going to play that tomorrow on the show. Um, that's going to be my best story of the week, by the way, foreshadow. Um, but yeah, I, the, yes, confront, be aggressive, do not settle for less than that. And that's the point of being different, right? This is kind of that culmination of everything that we talk about in Reviving Liberty is that everything sets up for you have to get used to being, you have to root yourself in God. You have to root yourself in principles, define your principles. You have to know what they are. You have to believe them. You have to be deep inside of them. Then you have to get used to being different. Then you have to form fellowships and not coalitions. You have to find businesses and people that will not insult you. And it's okay if they think a little bit differently than you, but support them and, and, and uplift them when they are willing to do that. Coffee Brand Coffee, great example, right? Our, one of our sponsors on the show. Coffee Brand Coffee hates politics in coffee, but it is willing to at least acknowledge that um, I can disagree with somebody on politics and still share a cup of coffee with them. If you go to a place like Cafe Mustache here in Chicago is a great example of this. They don't, my value system, if they knew what it was, I wouldn't be allowed in the door. They still have the show me your vaccine card to get in there. You know what I did, Pat? I told them I'm getting a to-go um, cup, right? I don't care if I was vaccinated or not. You're not, no, no, no. The person I was meeting with was, and that's fine. Um, I just told him, all right, well, I'm going to get mine to go then. And what did I do? I sat my ass down at a table. <laughs> right? What are you going to do? Kick me out? Go for it. <laughs> well, did they? Nope. No. <laughs> Nobody even blinked an eye. I, I, no. No, I don't. No, just no. Right. Just say no sometimes. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And don't mess with Andrew or he'll kick you in the balls. This is true. I will Rochambeau you for it. And do not forget tomorrow, joining us on the program, guest Chip Roy, Congressman, Republican of Texas. We are super excited to have him on the program, talk his uh, thoughts and plans and hopefully a path forward for the GOP that makes some sort of sense. Uh, but we'll discuss that with him tomorrow on the program. Until then, please be safe, be smart, be kind, and as always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.